Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, uh, also known as T-Love in Orsmith circles. Huh. Yes. And with me, as always, I have the young, the handsome, the mysterious, yet gregarious Lord Marshall, a.k.a. Lord Chancellor, also known as Sean Quigley, but better known as the Quig mm-hmm. in vulcanization circles. How are you, my friend? <clears throat> uh, good. You know, live long and prosper and all that. Uh-huh. Excellent. So, yeah. Nice. Nice Vul- Vulcan- Vulcanization. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. Um, apparently your science has been lacking in... <laughs> At RADA, they're not very big on science, are they? Oh, I don't know. You know, I mean, we, um, I, I learn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I learn all the important ones. You I know, learn the important ones. The important ones. You know, E equals MC squared. You know, I know that one. Uh, H2O, I know that one. <laughs> don't jump from heights. <laughs> fire, water. Fire, fire water. Don't touch fire. Stay away from boiling water. That's a good. That's a good solid science background, my friend. You know, burn copper, make green. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I hear Dow Jones. Uh, not Dow Jones. <laughs> Dow Chemical has openings for you. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us once again. We 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 took a lengthy break here, and we apologize for that. But we are back. And we're back to our usual shenanigans. We have um, what we do, for those of you that don't know, we watch the middle 20 minutes of a TV show or a movie that few people have seen or heard, or sometimes it's a popular one, but more often than not, it's stuff that you haven't really, most people haven't seen. Mm. And, um, and then what we also do is review uh, like adults. i check that people haven't seen it as well. I don't know about you, but I make sure that on my days off, I go and I knock on people's houses. Oh. And I asked, and I, I asked politely, and then and then it gets violent sometimes. Okay, but that's what, well, and I say, what haven't you seen? Okay, I, you know what? See these people. What's going on here? Had a grassroots campaign, and I wasn't even aware of it. And this is well done on your part. Yeah. This is why you're the Lord Marshal. Because people just don't ask. If you just put it out there and you say, "Well, what haven't people seen?" People don't answer. You have to knock on doors. You yes, have to be a go getter. This is this is. You are like the Pete Buttigieg of the podcast world. Yeah. That's what I think. Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah, he's he's knocked on many a door. Yes, yeah, of course many he a has. Person by the scruff. Not only that, he'll speak to them in whatever tongue they want because he speaks like twelve languages. Oh, all of them equally poorly, from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we watched the middle twenty show, twenty minutes of a show or movie, and Sean finds out whether people have seen it or not. 
And we also review adult beverages, be it mm. beer, wine, cocktails, uh, spirits. As the weather gets colder, I think we might have to try a few spirits. Indeed. Um, but today, uh, what we are reviewing is the TV show Insatiable on Netflix, which on one of the websites, it was listed as possibly the worst show on Netflix. Mm. And then um, what we're reviewing to drink-wise is from the 50th state, Hawaii Five O, if you will, and Kona Brewing Company out of Kailua, Kona, Hawaii. Mahalo, my friends. Mahalo. Uh-huh. We are drinking Kua Bay, which is an India Pale Ale. Uh, comes in at 7.3% ABV and 68 IBUs. And... Um, this is what the, our friends at Kona Bay, or we'd like them to be our friends. So when we go to Hawaii, maybe we get a free beer. I can, do you mind to go knock on the door? I can knock on the door. We, you, I, I think that's your job once I'll we get to Hawaii. I'll grab them by their goddamn flower necklace. <laughs> and you're going to give them a piece of your lay? <laughs> yeah. Ah, ah. I see what I did there. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Very good. Very good. We're practicing our stand-up routines, folks. All right. With its piney hoppiness and subtle caramel malt, it's a smooth, crisp finish to your day. So, being that the drinks are usually the big, uh, they're, they're basically the stars of the show, yeah. the drinks, and everything in between is drivel until we give you our grades on the, on, on the drinks. We start with uh, the drinks, so you need a little sound effect for the people. Oh, going to pass me your bottle there so I can uh-huh. just open it, my friend. Oh, another one, right. Oh, there we go. Here you go, my friend. So, uh... Well, let's take a look at what this looks like. Now, it comes in an amber bottle. It looks fairly clear just looking through the amber bottle. Oh, look at that. I didn't even see that they have like a relief of um, Hawaii on the side, like a topographical relief. Yeah, that's nice. It is kind of nice. That's a nice little touch. I dig that. Liquid Aloha, it says on it, and I'm a-okay with that. So here we go. Cheers. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. Mm. That's nice. That's really nice. That is really nice, actually. I was not expecting that. I wasn't... Huh. That's really nice. When you said it was like 68 um, IBU, I was expecting it to be a little bit more kind of IPA-ish, a little bit more kind of... Well, it's very hoppy. Yeah, but it's... But at the same time, the, like, it, and, and it's actually a great description. The piney hoppiness mm. of it kind of comes through. You know what it is? We, we've done so many of these various IPAs, and we've been surprised by them. Like, certain IPAs tasted more like lagers than an IPA, and yeah. other IPAs tasted more like stouts than IPAs. So I've kind of gotten unused to the straight-up IPA, where it's just a hoppy beer and enjoy yeah. it. So I kind of wasn't expecting this for... I guess for whatever reason in my head as a Hawaiian beer, but this is um, it's very nice. It's very complex, uh-huh. but it's easy to drink. And I, I I don't know if it's quite if it tastes quite like a seven point three. I don't think it tastes like a seven point no. three to me. No, not to me. Like a six maybe, mm. not a seven point three, because it's no. I mean, I mean if this was. I don't know why. There's something about IPAs as well, more than any other beer, but if it's in a bottle, right. an IPA is in a bottle, mm. I find that it tastes 
stronger. Or like I feel it, it tastes more oh, the IPA. I, but when I, I, I have a, if I have a pint of it, if I have it on draft, uh-huh. I can drink a whole lot of it and not feel it as much. I'd be like, oh, I can keep drinking them. But if you give me like a hoppy IPA in a bottle, mm. I don't know if I could drink like three bottles. Right, right, right. Because the drink. hop eventually gets too much. There's something about the glass that kind of, I don't know. I, I think it has more to do with it just being isolated by itself as opposed mm. to being diluted. I mean, I know it sounds like nonsense, but I mean, if it's in a keg and you move around and the keg gets filled with air and I know it's not supposed to, everything's supposed to be airtight for the whole thing to happen, but still, yeah. you know, it kind of makes you wonder what, what's going on. Because you're right, there are certain beers that when you have them like in, in a pub mm. off a draft, it's like, oh no, this is, this is, this is a fine beer. And you have it like in a can yeah. or a bottle, and then you're just like, "Whoa, this really has a lot of kick." How does you know? It's interesting. It's like for the most part, that's usually always the best way to have a beer. Like it's like they they mastered it, you know, hundreds of years ago. Whenever they first started putting beer in kegs, they were like, "Yeah, it's kind of the way you should drink it." Right. Something about a keg, like. Well, this I mean, this is this is a nice beer. No, this is a really nice beer. This is a really yeah. nice beer. I'm really enjoying this right now. All right, so I guess then. We should go on to our show. I feel like the marketing's clever. The picture of the waves, Hawaii, the little... It is. About Hawaii, it's already put me in a good mood. As opposed the, to most IPAs, they're like just some sort of cartoonish comic book yeah. thing. Then they call it like the, the bitch fucker 2000. <laughs> it's true. When I go to the various stores and they have... And it's the one that drives me crazy all the little microbrews and they get as bloody colorful and as bloody, <laughs> you know, it's like, how about just a plain can and then maybe have a character on it. Yeah. But then you get to that section in, in the liquor store or the supermarket or wherever you get them. And there are all these craft beers from small breweries. And it literally looks like, I don't know if you've ever seen it online, but you should look it up. A puppy apparently ate a bag of balloons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they induce vomiting in the puppy. And just blah, and it's just like rainbow vomit comes out of the puppy's mouth. Somebody recorded it, uh-huh. and that's what these cans. That's all I can think of when I walk by these cans. Yeah, and it's so distracting. It pulls the eye in so many different directions that I can't even make out what the name of the freaking beer is. Is you know you got to look on the labels. Like what is this? Is it a lager? Is it a pills? What what the hell is this? It makes me nuts. I'm like this. I, I don't see how that marketing scheme helps them. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. You know, it's like, okay, maybe you do like a strip of that, mm. and then the top is your brewery, and the bottom is the beer, something. But they have these, like I said, these cans look like, yeah, it looks like a bunch of balloons just melted on it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's the hipster movement. It's all the hipsters that start drinking the beer, and they, they're all artists. And all that, right? Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I just want a beer, like just a beer for, if I like worked in the marketing industry for like the, uh, the ATF. I feel like that'd be the birth. That'd be the best situation. If like there was this subset of the ATF where like you, they decided all of a sudden all marketing had to be done through them. Like you couldn't make your own marketing, and I, I just make so much money for all the. You'd just be like, I just have a bottle. It would just be like a plain bottle, and it would just be like a picture of an like a an aging man on it, and would just say like beer, <laughs> and same as cigarettes. It would just be like beer, cigarettes. Men, <laughs> right, 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 and then firearms like guns, Gun. <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. nothing fancy, <laughs> right. none of these no, foreign no, words, no, 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 no. Glockenspiel, right? Just gun <laughs> made in the USA, 
<laughs> I love that you focused on glockenspiel in particular because it's a very mobile instrument. <laughs> oh, of course, the glockenspiel. What the fuck am I talking about? Glockenspiel. <laughs> glockenspiel. Yeah. For men that like their church music loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh my god for a minute there I really thought Glockenspiel was a gun okay I think I, I think you know what's coming up now you have to tell everybody about your problem showering <laughs> oh god yeah okay yeah so I I just admitted to someone beforehand and I, I, I never really uh, voiced it out loud too often because I never really thought about it being weird. I was doing some Googling. So I believe I have this condition, this uh, interesting condition, whereby <laughs> if I'm hit in the uh, face with um, air, wind, like that kind of air, um, or water, <laughs> but like, like a shower, like a, you know, obviously I'm not like, you don't get hit in the face with like a wave of water, but like a shower on my face or a little bit of air from like an air conditioning unit or like if I stick my head okay, out of yeah. you know, a car or right, anything. Right, right. Uh, I can't breathe. I just stop breathing. Like my body just goes, no, nope, no breathing now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, it's led me to a lifetime of not enjoying showers. I can't <laughs> put my face under the shower without being able to suddenly like grasping for air. Like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> the water hits my face. I can't wait for you to get a role on a TV show or in a movie where you're the doting husband mm. and you prep this just amazingly romantic Valentine's Day, birthday, anniversary thing. Yeah. And you guys are taking a nice, intimate shower together in the scene. I know what. And you get to the thing and you're about to kiss her. That actress that's with you, and you lean over, and that water hits your face, and you yeah. just go into full seizure, right? <laughs> I don't know what masochistic director on earth would put, cast me as someone that was going to have a fucking shower scene. I'm writing <laughs> a movie specifically for that, and I'm casting you yeah. in it. That's a, that's, a, that's a done deal now. Now yeah. I have to do it. It's a moral imperative mm. just to get it on camera. Yeah. Actually, it'd probably make a great sketch. Yeah. It would make no sense. Yeah. <gasps> it's just like <laughs> the world's on? most romantic actor. It's like Based on true events. So you could never really go whale watching. Only one day you could because you'd have to be in the cabin the whole time. Mm. And then when you get out there, because I went whale watching when we were up in Maine. What's up with whale watching? What's so? Well, it's a cat. It was a catamaran, and uh -huh. we were doing thirty-two knots oh. for like about two hours. So there's lots of wind. Yeah. Well, I just I just don't have my face in the wind. I can be in the wind. I just turn my face away. Okay. Like the wind is coming at me like here. I turn my face like that, and I'm fine. Oh, it's you, just that if so my face if it's where my face is, I can't <laughs> catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> so you turn the other biblical cheek. I turn the other cheek. Yeah, very good and I of am you. Fine. I just you know. That's very good of you. That's very high of you. Um, I I thought this was very amusing. I I, oh, I don't. I didn't want to make. I can't wait for the in memoriam podcast when I have died <laughs> of a rare lung disorder that's been misdiagnosed my entire life. 
They're like, man, you had this crazy. Oh man, it was like COPD four thousand. I, I wanted to do the ALS challenge with him. Dumped <laughs> <laughs> the bucket of water on his head, and he just dropped dead because he like <laughs> drank the whole bucket right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to our show, Insatiable. Hmm. Now, this show is an American show. I believe it's a Netflix original as well. Yeah. And uh, so it's produced in America, it was shot in America. Um, one big star, really, that I saw that I recognized, I, I recognized one of the actors, but I didn't know from where. Hmm. Uh, but the big star in question is Alyssa Milano. Yeah. And in case you were wondering, she's still as gorgeous as ever. She, yes. she has aged very well. Let's put it that way. Anyway, but this is the premise for this movie. And like I said, on, on one of the uh, um, websites, it was listed as basically the worst TV show. This is the premise of the TV show. Listed as one of the worst TV shows on Netflix. And this is the premise. So they had 12 episodes of this. It's actually rated TV mature. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, no. Because to make things interesting, we switched it to have dubbed to be dubbed over in German. Mm. So they had availability in French, German, Spanish, and Italian. So my guess is they were hoping this was going to be a big hit, but I don't know how much of a hit. But this is the premise, anyway. A bullied teenager turns to beauty pageants as a way to exact her revenge with the help of a disgraced coach who soon realizes he's in over his head. Mm. So, the scene opens up with what we figure out is must be the coach and our girl. Uh, they were walking up the stairs, weren't they? Like in the courthouse, uh -huh. the first scene. Yeah. And they're in a courthouse for whatever reason. And of course, because the dub over is in German, I could literally pick up maybe three words the whole 20 minutes we were watching. Yeah. You know, two, three phrases, that's it. Otherwise, it's very distracting in German. If you ever want to just like practice your powers of concentration and observation, put any English movie, have it dubbed over in German. Because what that did, it, it was... So distracting yeah, yeah, yeah. from what was happening in the scene. Oh, it's not a subtle language. No. Well, I mean, that's part of it. It was where, where in the English, uh, an English phrase would be like, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, your lips move for however long that is, like a second. Yeah, yeah. But this was like, it would start probably two beats before the dude's mouth moved. Yeah. And it ended three beats after he stopped talking. And to make matters more distracting... All the characters on the TV show had an inner monologue. Yeah. And when at first it happened, we were both like, <laughs> both of our faces were like, uh, what? I, what's that? Oh, 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 oh. It's an inner monologue. It's an inner dialogue going on in the character's head. That's, and it's, I just suddenly, I had a, a tangential thought that I would love to see Woody Allen movies dubbed in German. <laughs> just to hear German Woody Allen <laughs> doing all these they never, They never, though, imitate them. I think they, they purposefully tell them not to. Oh. Because I think I've, I, I might have told this story on, on the podcast before. If not, I might have told you outside of the podcast. My buddy Steve, what's up, Steve, down in Delaware? He's Quebecois from, from Montreal. And he said he hated watching all of those 80s and 90s action flicks 
because at that point Quebec had transferred where everything was done in French pretty much. And so a lot of his friends didn't speak English. He did because his dad was a Mountie and uh, his mom was a nurse. So like he and his brother and his sister, they, they all learned English. And he hated going to watch these movies because he said the guy who would do like the Schwarzenegger and the Stallone voiceovers was the same guy who did the voice for Fred Flintstone. <laughs> and, and, like, and the other guy was Barney in the cartoons yeah, when yeah. they would do it in French. So he said every time, like, you know, Stallone would come out and, like, Cobra, like, you're the disease, I'm the cure. And he says it was like Fred Flintstone. He's like, hey, 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 you're the disease, I'm the cure. He's like, that's all he would, like, hear in his head. And he said all of those, he said he never enjoyed those action movies because he always had to watch them with a stupid dub over. And so I think, I think purposefully to, and I don't know who decides who the voice, or I guess the studio decides who's doing the dub over. Not the country, or is it the country that imports them? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess back in the day, it was the country that bought them. I mean, I, I, yeah, I feel like it's got to be the distribution company for the country to a certain degree. Because I remember that when they did the Shrek movies, right. um, not the original one, I don't think. I think it was the second one and then some subsequent sequels. They did this thing that I've actually never seen since. Or maybe I've not noticed it since if they have done it. But what they did is that they had a couple of the minor characters in Shrek mm. were played in England. The voices were of famous people in England, famous t television okay. celebrities in England. Okay. But I remember thinking, like, why is Jonathan Ross in Shrek? Like, this doesn't make sense. Or like Graham Norton. They were like, these people that are like big in England, like, why would they be in Shrek? That's a Hollywood movie. And they're looking into it. It's like, no, no, no. They actually recorded like six or seven versions of like purposefully for like people that were famous recognizable voices in their own countries right to record those lines that they could release in each territory right, for different right, versions right, 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 right. because it would give a more familial sure, edge. sure 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 and i think they probably had someone like andy richter doing the voice in like the u.s version and then like over here or like dana carvey or something like that right, right, in, right. in england they had like you know graham norton and like you know um Jonathan Ross or whatever. Right, right, right. Like Jimmy Carr, I think. People like that. And you're like, oh, uh, interesting. Okay. So I see... And in that case, I'm like, I don't think Shrek had anything to do with that. Like, that must have been just a British distribution the company. distribution was like, because, people. But you know what? I mean, it's obviously a marketing move. Mm. I'm not quite sure how it... Well, I, I, I dare say that in the other countries, the distribution company buys the rights to distribute it. And then all costs from therein are shouldered by said distribution company. Then the profits, whatever it works out to be, goes back to Hollywood. Yeah. But so it's it behooves the distribution company that as many people as possible see the movie, mm. and therefore, like you said, the familiarity people go like, "Oh, Graham Norton was the Pussycat," you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So that actually that 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 does make sense. In a way, I but but you're right. I wonder now if like in Germany or in, in Portugal or Italy, you know, they do the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. It, but but it's weird with how it works with Netflix, because Netflix is a completely different animal now. You don't have a distribution company; you're online. From what I can tell, the way I imagine Netflix works as a pitching method is people line up at a big, massive door that's like Netflix towers, and they go into a door, and there's like a big 
you know, there's a big chair and you don't see the other person behind it and you're pitching. The iron throne because it's 30 feet tall. And then every now and again, it will turn around and you'll see the person and it will be like a six-year-old boy like just sitting on a box of books in wearing his like dad's suit or something. <laughs> that's like, yeah, I like that. I Let's like it. it. <laughs> like, that's the guy who that's makes the, guy the decisions. Like, I think yeah. so. I think so. I, I actually just read an article that um, Netflix might be in dire financial trouble. I saw that. Doesn't surprise you saw me. That, that, that they said they're, they're thinking, <laughs> one guy was saying that he's thinking it was going to tank like 70%. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's it's a sad story, but it happens. It's such a common story, especially in America, with business. Is like they basically created a a industry, right? But they had no means of exclusivity within the industry. They basically created the industry and just left it wide open for every existing huge company to just come in and copy them, right? And just tank them, yeah. Like it happens over and over again. It's like, and the only way you make money by doing that is by selling quick. And hoping to like trademark a bunch of things that people can't copy. That I, I was going to say, what what's happening with this with, with the digital age? These old studios and Netflix set the the, the parameters for it basically turn into the pharmaceutical industry. Because mm. in the pharmaceutical industry, you basically you know these companies nowadays they don't even like to do their own research anymore. You know these big farmers, your GlaxoSmithKline, your Pfizer, your Merck, you know these big companies. They find these small biotechs mm. that have a great idea, uh, that do all the work, you know, and it's a company with like 15 people where they all do, they just bust their asses for, you know, three, four years, five years, however long it takes them to get, to get this drug to, to, to be approved by the FDA. And then when it gets approved, you know, they'll be able to charge whatever, because, it, you know, if it's a life-saving drug, it's one of those people like, oh, what a ripper if you're killing people. Well, look, we, we just dropped $5 billion developing this drug. We're not going to sell it for a dollar because mm. there's not enough people on the planet. And that's if they all had this disease to, to, to get it kind of stuff. But what they do is then the patent lasts, I believe, just a year uh-huh. on the drug. Unless, like certain companies, uh, which was it? Um, oh, what's, what's the one with a P? Uh, Prozac. Prozac had some 10 or 12 different things it could treat. Oh. So, so what happens is they release a drug. The drug is exclusive to that pharmaceutical company for a year. And at that point, the minute the drug gets released, what happens is all these generic drug companies, they just buy it yeah. in the store, bring it back to their labs, break it down, analyze it, and make it now yeah. for way cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And so the generic now, instead of it, this being you know hundred dollars a pill, generic is now twenty. Yeah, yeah. It costs the generic company you know, maybe three dollars to make this, mm. whereas the, the the other company it cost them maybe twenty dollars to make this. Yeah. And so they have a year to get to basically make as much money as they can, and then it's off. You know the generics take over unless you have a drug that you can prove can be used for all these things exclusively. Mm. And then Prozac kind of carried that for, I want to see something like 10, 12 years. Where each, and it was just like things you would never think Prozac is for. It was, it was just like, oh, well, it's to treat depression. What else? Oh, it's to help with headaches. What? Oh, it's to help with your blood pressure. What? It's to help with a bad stomach. What? You know, and just whatever, uh-huh. wherever it kind of showed that 
it's effective and they could claim it's like, oh no, it works for this and we want to, and so they would just show them. Put it on a birthday cake, not yeah. decorations. Yeah, but right, oh. basically. And, and then, you know, those drugs are the real big money makers mm. and then the company can keep the patent for some 15, 20 years. But because of Netflix and what its distribution model was, there was nothing, there's no way for them to patent anything. And, you know, the idea was, if you ask me, they jumped on the let's have our own studio too late mm. bandwagon. They should have been making movies and TV shows. I mean, what was the first big one? Orange is the New Black, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was... Well, House six. of Cards, I think, was the first. No, I think Orange is the New Black was the first one, and then House of Cards followed. Because I want to almost say that House of Cards started on ABC. On TV. I don't know. But, but I, I mean, they should have started, if you ask me, yeah, yeah. before. Because they had the perfect format. Because like, originally when they started, they were just sell, sending you DVDs in the mail. Yeah. You know? And that kind of knocked Blockbuster out of the business. Yeah. And then, you know, once the speeds got up, and once studios were like, oh yeah, let's give you this. And then they were like, Pfft. You know, and they were basically, they were printing their own money. I mean, they had that whole thing where they raised the rates from... Uh, six bucks or seven bucks a month or eight, no, no, eight bucks a month to 16 mm. and people were like oh this is crazy and they're out of their mind and whatever and their stock went from 160 bucks to 40 and now it's at like 500 yeah, yeah. and it's just like well so much for that idea yeah we're gonna take a lump because people are gonna say screw this but we have everything yeah and that's when all these other companies were like wait a minute and they decided to invest in it and and uh, um you know, uh, getting the servers up and whatever. And, and so why are we giving these guys mm. our shows to show when we can set this up ourselves? I think there were ideas they had that could have saved them. Like the model they did with Adam Sandler, if they were clever with that, if they did that with more people and they were slightly more restrained, they might have worked. Like it was the old school studio system, like what they used to do back in the golden age of Hollywood, where they, they basically gave... Adam Sandler like a deal, like it was an exclusivity deal. They were like, right, you're going to make 10 films for us. Your next 10 films are all going to be for us. Right. But you can do whatever you want. And the, the plus side for you is you can cast whoever you want right. and you can do whatever you want. Right. It, whatever subject, you can film wherever you want to go, like be whoever you want to be in it. Um, you know, there you go. Here's a blank check. Yeah. And it was like, it was a good idea, but it after like the second or third film, you're like, oh, it's just shit. Right. there's no checks and balances. They're right. like, oh, Adam Sandler's been left to do his own thing. He already got paid. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Right. And so he's just fucking around and everything's kind of crap. Right. But like, if you were like, well, he kept doing the movies like he used to that were kind of good. Right. Then you were like, oh, and next time Sandler film, oh, it's going to be good. But they they signed a few people like that. You know, they got Scorsese or they got this or they got that. Because, because they had, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. If movie studios did basically where... People, if everyone, in order to see a movie, paid a movie theater, you know, $20 per person to mm -hmm. see a movie, that's what the studios would be doing. Yeah. They, it's just like, who would do that? Nobody would do that. But it's, it's kind of like the old, the age old cable TV, right? Cable was supposed to be just, you know, you paid for cable TV and then you're just supposed to get programming with no commercials. And then they just... Started adding programming, and now, unless you're paying an extra $20 a month, you're seeing commercials. Yeah. I mean, shit, the, uh, the various internet companies, uh, they're, what they're doing now is, 
they're collecting money from advertisers to throw advertising in your face. And then if you don't want the advertising, well, you better pay me not to give you this advertising. So it's kind of like, like they're like bookies. I'm getting paid no matter what you guys do. And it's insane. And so, like I said, like, like you said, Netflix didn't care because, oh, the movie sucks. That's okay. I still have uh, $16 a month coming in from everybody across the planet. Like literally, yeah. How, how do you beat that? So, um, and I mean, we've talked about that, and you were saying how how I think this is going to be the future of of the movies, and this is how the studios are going to do. I think Disney actually has a really good ch- chance of knocking Netflix out of the water because one, they consolidated basically the major movie studios. They have every, they have all the money in the world. They have all the money in the world, and now. Like I said, they showed the plan. Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, and Hulu, which they uh, bought uh, a controlling stake in, mm. for $13 a month. Mm. And as it is, all of the super popular shows are leaving um, Netflix. Like all the companies are now have wisened up. And Netflix is going to turn... Netflix Digital is going to turn into what Netflix Digital was... When they were transferring from DVD to digital. Yeah. And there were these movies that you never heard of. Like literally. with, And some of them had like big stars in them. There was some movie with Josh Hartnett and Woody Harrelson. Mm. And it was done in a weird um, Beetlejuice way. Where the sets were almost done like they were for stage and not for a movie. Like you'd walk into the bar and everything was so brightly colored. Like almost like... It was almost like they did it on purpose that everything was... The, these are all cardboard sets. Mm. And you knew it. Yeah. And it was just this bizarre movie. And I watched five minutes of it. And I was just like, I don't know what this is. And it was obviously some art house thing or whatever. But that was the, the most famous thing that I could find. I remember back then. And I was just like, well, this is shit. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to look at this kind of stuff, you know. And then eventually they just started getting like the TV shows. Their first mistake, quite frankly, was not doing what Hulu did. Where it was, oh, did you miss that TV show yesterday? Oh, yeah, we'll yeah. show it to you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we pay them money and you get some and we'll set up where you can either see the commercial or you pay us a little extra and you don't see the commercial yeah. and you don't have to wait six months until the next season is on Netflix. Mm. And like I said, Disney, first of all, they bought all of Fox uh, and now they bought, like I said, a controlling stake of Hulu. Disney is basically going to be the record. I know NBC Universal has a streaming thing. CBS is holding on to the yeah. with the Star Trek stuff because it's very niche. Well, apparently the new Picard thing was good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but they can do every crossover in the world now. They'll be able to have like, you'll have Doctor Strange will be a new Doctor on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> right, right, right. Mickey Mouse. Well, I mean, they're already talking with the MCU with the multiverse anyway, so don't be surprised yeah. if you see something like that. Which is massive. You see that all that, that timeline that, that Marvel are doing with all the TV shows and everything? Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. Like, these big old main characters from the films are going to be in these TV shows. I mean, it's so funny. I remember right before they announced it, I was thinking, like, if they brought Blade back, they would have to have Mahershala Ali in it. Mm-hmm. And then they announced it, and I was like, are you... I was like, okay, I'm turning off my phone because they obviously heard it over my phone. Yeah. And, and, and they did it. Such great casting. Yeah. Oh, it's at, fantastic. You watch, you look at him like Luke Cage and it's so right. Like, he's so, already so basically that character just so minus good. the vampire fang. So good. Like. So good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's perfect. And apparently he approached him for it. Huh? Yeah. He, he, he said, um, uh, apparently, because I think Kevin Feige was saying that 
they were in some Oscar party or some release party or something. And he walked up to him. He said, hey, man, I love your work. I came on the fight. He was like, oh, thanks, man. He said, I got uh, one word for you. He's like, what? Blade. And he's, Kevin Feige said his eyes just popped open. He was like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's got to be the only guy, with the exception of uh, Affleck with the Batman, which, you know, didn't work out for him. He's like the only exception of the male rule of what I always joked about for years now, and it keeps happening, uh-huh. is that men, uh, men get to be in Marvel films or superhero films and become famous uh-huh. and then get to leave. And yeah. do serious films and win and win Oscars. Women get to do these serious films, win Oscars, and then they get cast in superhero films. <laughs> it's this weird backwards world, right? And is and it kept happening with all these women. I was like, started like Halle Berry won an Oscar, she gets to be Catwoman. Uh, Anne Hathaway wins an Oscar, and gets to be Catwoman. Right. Uh, Brie Brie Larson. Wins an Oscar, gets to be Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's across the board. Yeah. Like all these women, they win an Oscar. You get to be a superhero now, yay! Yeah. yeah. And then it's like the opposite with the guys. They're like stick it. They're like, okay, now I win an Oscar, I have to do this again. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it's it's this weird um, dichotomy. Yeah, it was that weird sort of dichotomy. So it's interesting to see. Um, yeah. To see that change, but. Um, but no, I'm excited about it. I think it looks good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am as well. I am as well. Loki TV series, that sounds fun. Yeah, that does sound a lot of fun. It's going to be like a time travel thing from what I've heard. Yeah. It's cool. All right, so uh, back to Insatiable, if we didn't even really start. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it opens up in a courtroom with our girl who is getting into beauty pageants to get revenge on the people that bullied her. Which I wouldn't have known if I'd have read that thing. I didn't. No, 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 no. We would have no idea. Like I said, the German language is so distracting. Oh. Can we speak of us being distracted going on a million tangents? The German language is so distracting that all I could notice is that the editing was so jumpy yeah. and bad. Yeah. Like it was bad editing because it was, there was the inner dialogue and then it was switching back and forth and because it was in German, you couldn't tell. Is it, wait a minute. Is it now her inner dialogue or is it that we're looking at his reaction because she's talking or vice versa? Are we looking at her reaction because he's talking and it's his inner dialogue? I can't focus on anything. No. So we see so many like French or Italian things or even Spanish where like I can focus on the general aesthetic. Right. Because French, Italian is so pleasing. Right. You just hear them be like, right. and it's like a perfume advert. Right. Like Giorgio Armani. Right. They're just like, I'm so used to hearing these fucking languages. People going, I'm watching the screen. I'm like, yo, perfume Armani. But the, the German version of that doesn't work because right. I'm like, I watch these beautiful visions and then I'm like, Das Boot! And I'm like, ah, no, ah! Das is good, yeah! I'm like, ah. I wish it was something like that, Das is good. It wasn't. It wasn't. With all the declarations in the German language, it definitely wasn't that simple. But uh, yeah, so that was super distracting. So we start with the girl who's the hero. And, and I mean, I, right off the bat, I have a bone to pick with just the, the, the setup. Oh, a girl has been bullied, so she's going to get revenge on the people who have bullied her by entering a beauty pageant. And, you know, she's not the, 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 the most beautiful girl in the world, but she's a pretty good-looking girl. That, that, that's the main character here. You know, she's fit, 
She's pretty. She's got a cute kind of cherubic kind of face. It reminds me a little bit of, of um, and I even said her name. What was her name? Uh, uh, Monica? No. Um, Carmen? No. Uh, she's one of the songstresses. Uh, her name will come back to me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. she used to date Be- Bieber. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. A lot of, like that was Bieber's first she's girlfriend. Got the chipmunk cheeks. Yes, exactly. So this girl is like that, good looking. So I'm like, okay, who is this like kind of hot girl that's being picked on, and why is she being picked on? Yeah. Well, first of all, and then what's my vengeance method? Oh, I know what I'll do. I will enter in like a discipline that requires, or, or a competition that requires so much discipline, where I got to learn, show off some talent. I got to learn to like eat carefully. I got to work out all the time. I was like, is this really revenge? Is it revenge more like, you know, oh, I don't know. You, you, you fill a bag with dog poo and you throw it on their front porch and set it on fire. Yeah. Like maybe that's the revenge you take. Well, you throw the dog poo on the porch and then you set the house on fire? You, sure. <laughs> I like it. That's like your signature. Like... It's a souvenir. <laughs> Here's the dog poo. And here's the fire. <laughs> Your flamethrower. That no, would be. Guy, I think you, I think you misread those instructions. There's <laughs> <laughs> a great sketch. <laughs> oh my god! You, you only got that half right. <laughs> That's right. The guy who gets everything half right. That's a perfect sketch. <laughs> That's a good sketch. The guy who got half right. That's trademark. That's, That's another great I sketch. Be a Netflix sketch. Yeah. So it goes from the courthouse. For whatever reason, they're in the courthouse. After the courthouse. What's the scene? Oh, yes. The guy, we hear his inner monologue, and he walks into the district attorney's office. Mm. And the district attorney is some guy that I recognize from somewhere. I don't know where. And I wonder if we could probably find the actor's name. But he's kind of, he has a shirt off because he's the district attorney. Obviously, he was working out. And our character, who's the coach, is very obviously supposed to be gay because he sees the guy without a shirt on there. And he turns his head away, kind of like coyly, shyly, like, ugh, why are you doing this to me kind of stuff. Mm. And um, they have a discussion, the district attorney and our coach. And then that ends that. Then it shows a scene. Alyssa Milano comes to a big fancy house. Mm. And like I said, she looks like a million bucks. She's dressed up like the wealthy wife of somebody in Dynasty. Yeah, or, I was thinking it very much like what's her face from um, Joan Collins. Yeah, Joan Collins. Right, right. Very, very much in that vein. Joan Collins, yeah. Very much Dynasty. Very much in that vein. Joan Collins, Linda Evans. Very much dressed like that. Really loud pink with a gold brooch. But you know, even with all of the things they could have done to make her look unappealing, she doesn't because it's Alyssa Milano, right? Mm. And an equally attractive woman opens up the door, lets her in. They're chatting. Who comes down the stairs with no shirt on again? is our district attorney. And it was actually very funny because you pointed out correctly. It seems like they got a guy because he has a nice body. He's toned, not huge, not super muscular, but definitely like somebody that works out and takes care of himself. Mm. But it's like his face isn't that handsome. He's kind of got big ears and a weird looking kind of hairline and whatever, but he's got a great body. It was almost like, we have enough money for one. Do we want the face or the body? Which one? Yeah. They obviously went for the body and they want to get what they paid for. So every scene possible, let's have him with his shirt off. <laughs> and you can see Alyssa Milano's character sees him and she sees him with a shirt on. She's already seated at this point and she like sits ramrod straight like, wow, this guy's hot. And then the woman who brought her in starts making out with the guy. Like not, oh, honey, hi, let me give you a smooch. Like full-throated, like, 
teenagers horny on senior prom kind of making out. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't think I've ever, now I've been with my wife for a long time, but even so, I don't think I've ever been around another person mm. with my wife and made out that blatantly and felt like comfortable about it unless we were like stark raven drunk. Oh no, I've been around people that have done that though a lot. My little brother used to do that all the time. It was so weird. He used to date this girl and he used to just full on make out. It's the most <laughs> awkward thing. He came to see me do a show once. I was in a show and my mum came and, him, and his girlfriend at the time and they were all sitting together and I came to see him after the show and they were literally making out next to my mum was just sitting there and then they were sitting there and they were just like... <laughs> In each other's throats. And <laughs> Playing like, tonsil hockey. What? I'm like, what the what's going on? <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Uh, 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 oh, what's her name? Audrey in A European Vacation with oh, a boyfriend yeah. in the beginning where yeah. they're just like making out at the table. Yeah, it was just like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's. I was I speaking know. of vacation, I, uh, my wife got me to watch, I've never seen it before. Uh-huh. My wife got me to watch. Um, the Breakfast Club oh. for the first time. I'd never seen it. Okay. Um, that's a good movie. Yeah, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. The Breakfast Club was, I mean, it, it's a lot of those were, you know, the, I think, I don't know if that was like the really first one that led that teen angst revolution in the 80s. It was like 16 Candles was the first one. I was 16 Candles the first one? <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, because, uh, uh, what's this, Anthony Seahall. Or Michael Hall, whatever yeah, his yeah. name is. He was younger in 16 Candles. You're right. I think 16 Candles. But that's like so many people were in that first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his face? Uh, John Cusack yeah, was in there yeah. as a side character. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Molly Ringwald. Yeah, because she had a string of those. Oh, now. yeah. She was in all of them. She, she did was. Breakfast Club. Then, she, uh, Well, she did 16 Candles, Breakfast Club. Pretty Pink. Pretty in Pink. Was she in, was she in some kind of wonderful... No, I don't think she was in that. But anyway, yeah. So, but it was good. But it is kind of age. It's funny. My wife was very excited to show me uh, the film because she had all these fond memories, and specifically of what's his face. He played his character in it. She was like, "Oh my god, I loved him! Oh my god, I loved him so much! He was my favorite!" Like, she's really excited for him to come on. Um, And then I was like, "Him? Who was this guy? Who who was it? Um, Emilio Estevez? No. Uh, Oh, um, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson." She like huge crush on Joe Lawson, loved the hell out of him wow. as a kid, and then he comes on, and I'm like, this guy. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Wait and a I was minute. watching. It, I'm like, I, I think Johnny Depp stole Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow from this weird boy man. <laughs> that's actually like not that. a bad. That's like, not a bad comparison. <laughs> I'm like, this is the same thing without the Keith Richards this thrown is, in. This is this is. He's wow, got like that's a, a fantastic fucking bandana around his boot leg. Yeah, and he's like got this. But that was the eighties. All thing. these layers. Yeah. I'm like, you wearing like he was like wearing a he was wearing like a sweater and then a plaid top and then yes. a denim jacket yeah. and then a coat over the top of it. Yeah. And it was so weird. And it, yes. he wasn't like a good looking guy. And he's not even like a tall. It was interesting. I was like, why? I'm actually stunned that your wife felt that way about him because I mean it was dated by the time she would have seen it. Yeah. Because that movie came out in 84, 3? Uh, I think it was 85. 85? Yeah. Right. So, you know, 
but it's not. By the time she would have been old enough to to, to appreciate isn't it. Isn't that funny? We say that, but I mean, time has certainly marched on a lot quicker these days than it did then. I think, like nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety five, things weren't too different. But it, but when you think about that, from like say nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety five, right? That's ten years. Yeah. But when you think about that now, like film a movie that was ten years ago now, like a movie from two thousand and nine. It's not that dated. It's dated at all. Like I see, you, you were like, that was fucking ten years ago. There right. are movies from fifteen years ago now. Yeah. But I'm like, that was fifteen years ago. Right, right, like right, right. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's really weird. Like how that it doesn't perspective right. changes as you get older. Well, but but I mean, but that's the whole thing. I was kind of right on the cusp before digital everything when I finished college because mm. I remember um, my senior year in college being in the computer lab, um, doing a project for like a physics lab or something like that. And I saw a buddy of mine and they had these old Vax computers and he's typing away. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm talking to a chick in Connecticut. And you know, this the campus, my campus is in Long Island. I'm like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, you know, I'm t- talking and I'm looking for a phone. And I'm kind of, I'm looking for a modem. I'm looking for a phone. I was like, what? No, no, no. You just do it through the, I was like, what? I was like blown away. It's like, what are you talking about space, man? You know? And literally a couple of years later, at this point, I'm already with, with Annie and her brothers in college. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, we got a T1 line. What did you guys have? I was like, we, we, we didn't have internet. He's like, what? It was literally like between 94 and 96. I was like, my college, at least none that I knew of, it certainly wasn't in the dorms. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have the internet. You know, we like barely had cell phones <laughs> back then, literally. Yeah. You know, and even then, that was used mostly for an emergency. Mm-hmm. And you paid like 20 bucks a month for the cell phone. Yeah. And, and he was just like, oh, no, we got T1 lines, which at the time was like whew, lightning fast. And I was just like, well, what's going on? <laughs> and I remember seeing a Patton Oswalt stand up that was talking about the difference from the time George Bush started as president to the time Obama started as president. Oh, yeah. He said, if you were basically in a coma for 10 years, you would be so bewildered and so lost. Yeah. Because like um, one president's son was president when you went into the coma. Now it's this cool black cat who's yeah. the president. And oh, your phone? That basically contains all of human knowledge and you can stick it in your pocket. Like, whoa, whoa, what? Really? I mean, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. 10 years. It went nuts in 10 years. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, now it's just marketing kind of try to keep it up. But when you look at it with the phones and everything, they're constantly trying some new shit with the phone. But you've, you've already achieved what you needed to achieve with these phones. Yeah. But they're constantly like, oh, the new Apple 11. Who cares? Like at this point, honestly, I, I just want to use my phone to call somebody. Mm. You know, t- the most useful uh, thing of the phone is like texting and Google Maps. Yeah. You know, that's the, the two most useful things of the phone, you know? So you can see if there's going to be traffic so you can get from A to B without being two hours late kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But like those 10 years from 90... Oh, that's not even 90. That was like from... Yeah, from 98 to 2006, uh, 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 seven. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane the changes that happened. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, laptops became... You know, uh, tablet computers. Your birthday, I'm going to give you a walkie-talkie and a compass. That I'm dude. Like, there you go. <laughs> and you know what? And I'll know. And here's the thing. I'll know how to use both. 
<laughs> I mean, that, but, but I don't think people just really appreciate the changes that have happened like within our lifetimes. Yeah. Especially if you come from a non-developed country, mm. like to the US or something. Like I used to stay in places regularly that had, didn't have running water. Mm. Just because. But, but that's the other thing in the US that, that's actually kind of the, a weird dichotomy. There are places all throughout the US that were so behind from the coasts. And I remember one of the sales guys in my company, he said he went to, and this was in a hospital. So these are educated people, you know, nurses and whatever. And he said, you take the mouse. And one nurse jumped out of her skin and started freaking out. And she was like, there's a mouse in the lab? He's like, what? She's like, we, 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 we got to get that thing. We can't let them, you know, we can't let vermin in. And he's like, no, 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 no. This thing's called a mouse. <laughs> she had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, you, you're a nurse. You finished college. You, it's like, and, and this is probably 2002, <laughs> three. Did someone check to see that there wasn't a time loop opened up in another room <laughs> and she snuck in? Maybe. That's the first thing I'd do. Guys, we're in a secret lab and there's somebody who doesn't know computers. And what? Who's opened a time warp? And we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddlesome kids. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo reference. Now I'm just thinking that this, this one person who worked there just constantly these antiquated things that no one it didn't even occur to them. She's like... <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, that woman should be hung for not listening to her man. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's tie a stone around her feet and throw her in the water. If she comes up, she's a witch. If she doesn't, God bless her soul. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway. You're like, she's so ironic. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she's so ironic. <laughs> So, uh, back to our stupid TV show. <laughs> Yesterday, she just, she just fell and just struck a black guy in the street. She just <laughs> smacked him across the face. And it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so insatiable. So we go to, the, we see the scene. Uh, Alyssa Milano is talking to, to the woman. She, she's the, she sees the woman making out with a district attorney. That's obviously her, her husband. And, um, she... They have a chat and they go back to, was it to our lead girl or was it to the coach? Yes, it goes back to the lead girl. She's in the bedroom, her bedroom, filling stuff out in, 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 a, in a, like a diary. Hmm. And sister, stepsister, and her stepsister's kind of like a comely looking thing, you know, very um, dressed up. Nouveau lesbian fashion kind of thing where she's just like I am who I am kind of thing and she sees that her and we don't know the relationship because of course we're, we're not listening in English we don't know if this is a sister or stepsister but kind of what later on we saw it kind of made you think that it was possibly a stepsister so she sees that this girl our lead is pining for some guy named Bobby I think it was was it Bobby or Brett or something oh I can't remember okay so um she, uh, the sister goes to the bathroom. She rips the page out from the diary and sticks it in her pocket. Okay. Now we go to um, the coach. And they show him talking on the phone to the girl. It, it, oh, no. It, initially, it's uh, after the first... Um, after the, uh, 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 the scene with Alyssa Milano, actually, it goes to him helping her find dresses. Hmm. 
and they're in a clothing store and they're going through and he finally settles on a like this white almost like a wedding dress that's like a short skirted wedding dress and she's like well what do you think and he decides to pull out a pearl necklace and he's like this will complete it and that's how she shows up later in court dressed like that um then we go to the girl is watch was she watching tv or something and she decides she puts on like a a a a, a, a trampy outfit she puts on a, a really short jean skirt and has like very daisy dukish style puts on like a shirt that's over a bra mm. that's tied off to show off her 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 belly and she walks into a liquor store and she sees a kid behind the counter and she's like hi and she's got a lollipop on and big bright red lipstick and the next scene she's making out with the kid in the back of this convenience store and he tries to move up to get to like second base and she's like oh no not yet and the entire time they're making out this was very funny because i'm like don't you think you would notice that as he's making out with her she's kind of like sticking her tongue out and going ah and she's making this face like someone's stabbing her in the foot with a needle literally with just her tongue moving and her eyes open and she's got this rictus grimace on her face and his eyes are closed and he's making out and i'm just like don't you think he would at some point open up his eyes and notice that her lips are making absolutely no contact with his? <laughs> so apparently she tells him something and then she leaves. Yeah. So it was like a weird interlude. We don't know why it happened or what happened. I, I, at the time I read it as like it was a dream sequence, but then later on it seemed like it wasn't because you see him again. Right. And I think there was some time hopping that we yeah. were unaware of in the actual 20 minutes. Mm. Then the next scene is the coach with the thigh master working on the ground, dressed in a very flamboyant way. Mm. And he's talking to the girl on the phone and they're chatting about something back and forth. Um, and you see Alyssa Milano in the scene and she's kind of dressed in workout clothes and you realize, oh, wait a minute, are they... Uh... Oh, no, this wasn't then. No, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. After the scene with the making out with the kid... She shows up to, a, we should see a big gala. And it's the coach, and he's, and you realize, like, Alyssa Milano's like, we didn't quite realize it yet. It's like, they're talking together. It's like, wait a minute, are they wife and husband? Mm -hmm. Or are they just, like, business partners? What's going on? And our girl walks in from the gas, from the convenience store, dressed the same way. Everyone's in, like, tuxedos and full gowns because it's, like I said, it's a fundraising gala. And um, our girl walks in and he's like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Kind of pulls her aside. And Alyssa Milano's character comes in and it's hilarious to hear the dub over go, ha ha ha, hi. And that was the bizarre thing about the dub over. Yeah. They would throw in like English words here and there that was just like, wait a minute, what? Uh -huh. So um, he pulls the girl, our main heroine away. And Alyssa Milano's there because... A woman, a blonde woman comes in with an Asian girl at her, like, heels and starts making faces at our lead girl character. And so the coach diffuses the situation, takes our lead character away. This girl walks away. This woman walks away with her uh, Asian attendant and, and they leave. And then they go back and the coach is giving a speech and there's a sign over the table that says, and this is literally, literally halfway through our 20 minutes, that says... Anal Cancer Awareness Gala, or whatever it is. It's like, okay, 
is this supposed to be like a funny thing? I don't know, but it was just like kind of like out of nowhere because it's the first thing we recognized because it was written in English, obviously. So uh, that, while he's giving the speech, the coach, the blonde woman, who's very much the antagonist in this episode, starts making fart noises. At first, it's just like, and somebody kind of like looks at this while he's giving the speech, and then she goes full on like putting her face in her hands and just like making as obnoxiously loud fart noises as possible, which in in of itself is kind of funny, because when aren't fart noises funny, really? Especially in an ass cancer gig. Especially in an ass cancer gig, exactly. Like, uh, so, ass, ass cancer. <laughs> 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 That's great. It's like Nelson wrote it. I said, So then it goes to the coach with his uh, uh, thigh blaster exercising. And you see Alyssa Milano next to him, and you realize, oh my god, they're a married couple, mm-hmm. and they're one of these married couples. She obviously knows he's gay. She cannot not know he's gay. Yeah. And, and I guess it's a marriage of convenience. Whatever it is, we don't know. We don't know what the story is yet. And um, you see the girl that was on the bed with our main character earlier is in the kitchen with what you assume is her mom, and they're very much talking back and forth about... Our lead character. So now it's almost like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Isn't, isn't there family unity? Which made me think that maybe she's a stepchild or an adopted kid or something. Yeah. I don't think adopted kid. I think stepchild. Because when you adopt a kid, there's a lot more love in there than what these two are showing. <laughs> unless you're doing it for cash. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know. So um, then we go to... The, I think then it goes to the court case where she's dressed in white with the pearl necklace. Um, she has the kid from the convenience store mm-hmm. in like the, the, the viewing seats in court. The district attorney is going against them. And of course, the, the coach, the, the other lead, the coach, which we said right away, like I said it right away, and both of us, he looks distractingly so much like the late John Ritter. Yeah. Well, uh, Dallas Roberts is the actor's name. Yeah, yeah, that we were like, what? And Sean actually looked up to see whether he's related to John Ritter. Because it was like yeah. spooky how much he looked like John Ritter. And, and not just looked like him, like his mannerisms. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a conscious thing because he looked up to John Ritter, you know, as an actor or whatever. But it was just really just almost bizarre, like how much he looked like John Ritter. Um, yeah, they just ran out of faces. That's what happened. <laughs> Something. So, I sometimes wonder that when I look at people. I'm thinking like, either like, you know, they ran out of faces in the, you know, the human factory or heaven, I don't know, whatever you believe. Sure. And, uh, or... Or the cookie factory. Or the cookie factory. Right. Or my brain lacks the ability to be able to... Differentiate like, that much? To, yeah, to just have enough space in my brain to consciously store every individual face in the world so what I do is I just generally kind well, of see everyone as a vague version of another well, thing. Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, l- l- let, me, let me expound on, on Dallas Roberts looking like John Ritter. Hmm. Physically, it's not a perfect match. Like, John Ritter's son is an actor as well and he, his eyes are like carbon copies of John Ritter's eyes. And I remember the first time I saw it, he had like I think it was short-lived, a TV show on ABC. Hmm. And I was like, this kid looks just like John Ritter. Yeah. 
And then sure enough, like his name comes up. It's like, this is whatever, Sam Ritter or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, that's John Ritter's son. No wonder. I mean, his, like this portion, like the, above the nose, the eyes and the forehead, like a carbon copy of John Ritter. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's his son. Oh, okay, all right. I'm not going crazy, whatever. This actor, Dallas Roberts, there's something about his head shape, his face shape, the way he moved when John Ritter would be silly and pretend to act gay because, I mean, that was his whole shtick on Three's Company, right? Yeah. Um, all of it was just, just, and I said it, <laughs> when I said it, I said, this guy looks weirdly like John Ritter. And you were like, he looks exactly like John Ritter. What are you talking yeah. about? I mean, it was just, I mean, that in and of itself was distracting. Yeah. Then the German dub over and the editing, which was all terrible. And then they're in, in court and um, who's up first? I'm trying to think. Oh, so uh, they call up the kid that made out with our main heroine up to, uh, to the witness stand for whatever reason. Because we have no idea what's going on or why they're going to court. And why a, a beauty pageant coach is representing her in court and how this happened. I'm, I'm assuming he was also in a, a lawyer. Yeah. That's, that's my only, you know. So, um, and then they have our lead on the bench. And the, the district attorney is pro questioning her. And at first she looks a little bit put off. And then she comes back at him. And now he's looking like defensive. And he looks back at the coach. The district attorney looks back at the coach. And the coach just kind of gives him a little smirk, like, hmm, you thought we were easy pickings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, that, that was it. That was the 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was, and I mean, I'm sure I left stuff out, and I'm sure I've done it in a disjointed order, because like I said, the editing and the dub over is so incredibly, incredibly distracting. Yeah, it's hard to follow. It, it, it was hard. It was really hard to follow. Hmm. But that was the show. And I mean, in terms of the quality of the show, and like I said, the editing was bad. My guess is the writing was bad. The I acting... I mean, anal cancer, that usually, I think that gives it away. I think they probably thought that that was supposed to be really funny. Do you... Th oh, you, uh, oh, like campy, you think it was supposed to be. Yeah, no, I think that was supposed to be like a really funny. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. I don't know. Like, I feel like there was probably a lot of that we missed because it was German, but a lot of really bad jokes, bad puns. But it was rated like, TV uh, mature. So how much of a com I guess maybe it's supposed to be like a Gonzo comedy or something. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was supposed to be like a bawdy comedy, like almost like a um, Farrelly Brothers kind of thing. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying, but just not good. It was it was completely lost in translation. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we really did our job here, and we have no idea really what's going on here because I didn't see a beauty pageant yet. No. I saw a, a gala for anal cancer where they were making fart jokes. Oh, that was the other thing. That's one of the things that I missed. The blonde woman with her the, with the Asian assistant, the little girl, is in her kitchen meeting with a dude, and he's like a, a big African American dude. Uh, yeah. And the way the setup started going. And they're talking back and forth. I started laughing. I said, like, this now is starting to look like a German porno. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, well, what's, what's happening here? And then it turns out that the dude was a private investigator. And he went and took pictures of the coach with the girl. And at one point, they were having kind of a heart-to-heart. -heart, and they're both kind of teary-eyed. 
and he just kind of cupped her face in his hands. <clears throat> and I guess something like, I really like you or you're really good or whatever something was. And then this dude took a picture and he uh, texted the picture to this, the, the blonde woman, our, our antagonist. And he said, are we good? Now, it wasn't translated because the texts were in English. And he basically said, are we good? And she said, not yet. I want more. Bringing us right back to the German porn subplot. So don't know what more she's going to get, but, you know, it's insinuated there. And that was the 20 minutes. Yeah. So overall, it's, it's another one of those where a lot of stuff happened and yet nothing happened. Definitely. The German added a nice uh, twist. A nice twist. The German was really a stumper. Really a stumper. But before we get to our conclusions and try to figure out what's going on with there, why don't we grade the hero of our show, this lovely Kua Bay Indeed. India Pale Ale yeah. by Kona Brewing, Brewing Company. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, no, it was nice. It was, um, this was a nice beer. Very nice beer. I liked mm. it. I've not had uh, many IPAs uh, recently, and I kind of regret that because with the hot weather, it's actually it's kind of refreshing to, 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 to drink. Um, I, I see, I, I disagree with that. I find the IPAs work better for me in the winter. Yeah. Because the bitter somehow, it, it seems like, I mean, and I guess this is why all the shandies are summer beers. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. tart works better in the heat than the bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's, that's true. But it was good. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. It was tasty. Uh, it was good, yeah, for the percentage. It tasted like a lighter, lighter beer. Lighter, lighter beer, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, nothing, not too hoppy, not too, all, you know, kind of, you know, funny in my mouth. Um, right. Uh, it was nice. I liked it. I would probably give it a 3.9, I think. Okay. Yeah. That, that's actually, that's, that's a pretty fair um, call on that, I believe. Um, I think it surprised me when I tried it, and their description of it is is really spot on, mm. and saying it's a piney hoppiness and subtle caramel malt, and it's smooth and it is crisp. Um, I wasn't quite ex expecting it because, like I said, a lot of the IPAs we've gotten lately, they've like I guess turned turned a switch in my brain where now I'm not expecting anything from an IPA. Yeah. So the fact that it kind of tasted like an IPA was like almost like a pleasant surprise. Like, oh, yeah, it's an IPA. This, that's right. This is what IPAs taste like. Mm -hmm. This is what it's supposed to taste like. I thought it was very nice. It was like, I mean, contrary to what I was saying earlier, I did really enjoy it. I, I like the hoppiness. I think the hoppiness factor was actually is very well done. I think a step more hoppiness and it's not a nice beer anymore. Mm. It's too bitter, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's just right, I think. It, I, I think it's just a perfect amount of hop. Um, it went down easily, like I said, especially considering summertime. I think this is a great, like, mid to late October beer, early November beer. Because mm. that, that, that little bitter, for whatever reason, just kind of makes you a little bit warmer, mm. you know? Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's smooth. It went down easily. It's 7.3. You wouldn't know it by drinking it. Um, I'll give this one... I'll, I'll go slightly under you. I'll give this one a 3.8. But, I mean, overall, a, a solid beer. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, 
Now that we've gotten our bugrays out of the way, so 3.9 and 3.8, well, it's pretty much the same thing. What do you think is going on here, my friend? An insatiable. Well, okay. I think mm. yeah, I think I stumbled on to what was going on here. By okay. Mistake, somewhere uh, oh. In the description. Please share. I think some kind of there's some kind of time loop. Time ah. Shift. Like looper. Yeah. Okay. Where a a thirty-nine-year-old John Ritter. Uh huh. So I guess John Ritter, circa like early eighties or something like that. Right. Crept, crept through this little time portal. Maybe split in two because we know that he aged. So there was a different version of him somehow. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We're in a weird multiverse. Right. He crept through. Because of the quantum fluctuations, of yeah, course. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. And into this world uh-huh. where he is now in this show. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and I think the whole show was commissioned off the back of this time shifting John Ritter, uh-huh. and I think Netflix have a whole have a whole room like a room one hundred and one of uh-huh. these trapped freaks Ooh. of nature who uh-huh. have like come through multiverses or right. time loops or shifts and they've locked them away okay and they're like they're waiting for a time uh-huh. to like release things right 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 right, right. you know they, they they trapped Adam Sandler uh-huh. circa like you know 1999 and trapped him uh-huh, and then uh-huh. re-released him back okay. just as the, our Adam Sandler that we knew was starting to do interesting films right. like normal stuff right. they were like now it's time to release the trap 1999 uh-huh. Adam Sandler okay. and it explains the whole day I'm Adam Sandler. I'm doing silly voices. I'm nearly 60 years of age. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like. <laughs> and now I'm mad. <laughs> that, they released him. And then John was there. They're like, now is just the time to unleash 39-year-old John Ritter. And just put him out there. Before you know it, we'll get like. You know, Monsters Ball, Halle Berry, just like turning uh, up in. Uh, I like that theory. That's a, that's thriller. a nice multiverse theory. I like that. I like that. That's very good. Yeah. I this is what I think is going on here. Insatiable. It's in the title. Uh-huh. I think it's staring us in the face, and we're purposefully trying to look away because of our puritanical and Catholic ways. Uh-huh. And it's very obvious to me when we put the dubbing over in German that was the clue that released it all. The scene between the blonde woman and the Asian girl and the big African-American guy and then the district attorney making you, you up. You mean the big black German dude? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, right. Um, you Americans needing everyone to be American. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> um, laugh. And then, <laughs> then uh, you know, Alyssa Milano with a gay husband and then the girl with a lesbian sister. And this is all leading me to basically... A 12-part German pornographic extravaganza that's an art house version of it. I think because we watched the middle 20 minutes of the first episode, Uh we still have not gotten to the juicy bits, if you know what I mean, because it was rated TV mature. So I think this is actually Disney trying to normalize German pornography. I mean, and they disguised it by having everybody speak English. And maybe, I'm like, you know, 
Alyssa Milano being all kind of sexy and there being the subplots of like maybe something sexy going on but not and the Disney influence right. and the various things. Maybe to fit with the multiverse theory, maybe they've got some sort of Harvey Weinstein behind the whole thing. The whole thing feels that like maybe actually, it could be like Harvey Weinstein production. Which would make it almost like a sex school. Almost exactly like a sex school. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Uh, I think I think we've broken down this mystery. Mm-hmm. I think Harvey Weinstein has been pulling some strings from behind yeah. bars. And they'll be like they'll be like, Welcome to the first day of Weinstein Sex School. Yeah. I am your teacher for this course, Kevin Spacey. Oh, he was in Italy recently. Um, he was in Italy recently and he dropped some weird rhymes. We'll be joined with your assistant professor. <laughs> That's my uh, Bill Cosby. I was going to say, who, who's, that, who's that professor? I'm not sure who that professor was. It was Bill Cosby. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> Did he sound different in America? The English dubbing, he sounded You're right. like... You're right, he was doing it with his German accent. Sounds more like Apu. Okay, well, there you go, folks. I think the 7.3 is starting to kick in on our end. So, thank you for tuning in to episode 66 of what's going on here and uh thanks so much for your continued support and honestly please get in touch with us tell us what we're doing right tell us what we're doing wrong you can reach us on our email what's going on here podcast at gmail.com you can reach us on our facebook page our instagram page or on twitter so you can reach us on any of those venues if you have a movie or tv show you think that we should see send it to us please and if there's a drink of some sort that you think we should try, let us know that too. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, folks. So see you soon. Oh, I said I was going to... Oh, I just remembered. No. Well, I said I was going to give a shout out to a friend of mine in England oh. who listens to the podcast. Yes, please. I forgot because we took such a, a big break. But a shout out to Jack Williams okay. in Essex. I don't know where he lives in Essex now. Somewhere okay. around Chelmsford, I guess. I don't know. Somewhere else in Essex. Oh. But still, he said that he listens to the show. And yeah. I said that the next time we do one, I'll say hello to him. Jack Williams. Jack Williams. Jack Williams, old chap. Thank you very much for tuning in. Sounds just like Jack Williams. I, well, I'm not, I wasn't trying to pretend to be Jack Williams, dear boy. <laughs> dear boy, I wasn't trying to be Jack Williams. I was just wanting to thank Jack Williams properly. Oh, yes. In the Queen's vernacular, if you will. <laughs> And Jack, thank you very much. Is that short for John, by the way? Uh, or is it just Jack? John, I, th- I believe it's just Jack. It's just you Jack. You see where Jack comes from? He comes from a very common part of the world oh. where the working class are allowed to breed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jack, I'm sure, I'm sure glad you had that little interlude at the end there. Yeah. So, Jack Williams, here's to you. We're going to go have another beer, Jack, just in your honor, so you know. And thanks for listening. And everyone else as well, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.